Open up your books, you bad apples. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bad Apple Book Club podcast. Lucas Nord here. And I'm Cole Lang. And Cole, this is the fifth episode in our series talking about Bram Stoker's gothic classic Dracula. Um, is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about up front before we got into talking about the book? We both watched the movie this week. That's all I'm thinking about. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. So part four, we had some major stuff go down. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest thing was Dracula attacked Mina and was feeding on her Ooh. and stuff and then made her uh, drink drink from his pex the pectoralis major the um you know opposite motherhood thing or whatever where instead of the mother feeding a child he was feeding her but it was like nasty corrupted blood oozing out of his chest yeah smells like death rotting and yeah just not good not a good mix and mina so she's you know, kind of going under the same stuff that Lucy was going under. She's kind of sleeping all day, getting a little lazy, you know, not yeah. contributing much to the team. Um, but then, let's see, what else? So, Brentfield, he was murdered by Dracula. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, because, um, you know, he was talking with Mina, and uh, he actually cared about Mina, so, yeah, he, Dracula didn't like that too much. He's introduced early in the story, and you have no idea how he's going to appear at all, and then he just kind of doesn't do anything, because the first time, like, any of the guys other than the doctor see him are when he's, you know, beat within an inch of his life, and then he dies. Yeah, yep, he's uh, overpowered by Dracula, which is pretty big because Renfield was a very strong character um, but you know himself. Dracula the strength of 20 men um, it's pretty strong yeah yep and um, let's see he's so like a human ant isn't that yeah an ant can carry like a hundred times its own weight or something yep an ant can carry 20 men that's pretty awesome uh, yep the more you know yep um, and let's see, um, and then, yeah, so the hunt is continuing for Dracula and his boxes of Transylvanian dirt, because Earth. that's how they're gonna, you know, really get to him. That's where he rejuvenates, he gets his power, and to cut his power off, uh, you just need to destroy the boxes that he, you know... Just like stocks. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, and Dracula kind of did that with three different stocks. You know, he, he put them in like three different locations, and that's about it. He can only sleep in Earth from his like home country or whatever, so he's got 50 of these boxes, so that means that he's going to have, I mean, he's planning to have, you know, 50 hideouts. Yeah. So that he can continue, uh, continue to terrorize. Yep. He basically put them in each of the. Uh, places he bought um, which is like three places I think and yeah they're continuing that because yeah it's just like Minecraft um, I think we made that illusion last time I think um, you made that illusion last time <laughs> yeah um, it's uh, you know it's his safe his safe place so um, but yeah and I just wanted to uh, put it out there so um just a little weekend adventure, whatever. Uh, went to Switzerland, and I was very, very close to a little town called Chamonix. Do you remember which story had the town of Chamonix in it? I think I remember what story took place in Switzerland. Okay, shoot, shoot. Frankenstein. Yes, yes. So I was very close to the mountain peaks of Chamonix. Chamonix. 
C H A M O N I X. And that was where Frankenstein's monster uh, basically ran into the mountains, and Dr. Frankenstein followed him shortly thereafter. So, well, did not see Frankenstein though this weekend, but um, no sign. Yeah. Saw some of the Swiss Alps, and they're beautiful. I believe um, them. But no Frankenstein, unfortunately. So, but yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. That is pretty um, neat. Dinked. Uh, we drove past Lake Geneva, which was where Mary Shelley, you know, wrote wrote in, wrote the story in a cabin, whatever. Um, but. I'll save it for another time. And we actually drove by the H.R. Geiger uh, Museum. The man who made his footprint in the Ridley Scott classic Alien starring Sigourney Weaver. Designed the xenomorph and just had a, uh, you know, big hand in the art design in that movie, I think. Very much. Yep. So I'll have to go there someday i've been meaning to go forever um but there's a little bar there that's like alien themed so cool that would be very neat but uh is there anything you had um with dracula before we start the final part of dracula um you know uh i'm picturing a lot of the movie with the scenes that we're going to be talking about today and the ones that i've already thought about Specifically Coppola's, Francis Coppola's. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola directed what he called Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1992. And uh, me and you both watched that video of the dude talking about which movie was the most accurate to the book. And that one had the most, um, you know, it took the most from the book. Similarities. Yeah, most similarities. But it also added a lot of interesting stuff, which... I think it's a pretty good way to do that kind of adaptation, honestly. And it was, like, crazy, and, I mean, it took a lot from the book. There'd be a lot of, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff trimmed in other, you know, the other hundred versions of Dracula directed, but, man, it was a, it was a visual feast. Yeah, yeah, very uh, theatrical. Yeah. Um... As in, like, the movie sets and everything were very um, artsy, and the costume designs were very fancy and just out there, but it's very fun. Very good, very, very good movie. I haven't, it's the first Dracula adaptation I've seen, so. Yes, I myself saw the Bella Lugosi one from 1930 or 1931 or whatever, but that was a long time ago, and I do not remember, like, any of them. Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. But that one doesn't seem to be too faithful, but, um, yeah. Um, but that's, uh, I, I think, uh, we'll save more movie talk for the review episode. Um, give us, or we'll discuss our thoughts on all of that, so. Sure. Um, without further ado, um, let's dive into Dracula Part 5. Yes. Alrighty, so Harker and the boys, you know, we got our gang, we got Harker, Jonathan, uh, Dr. Seward, Dr. Van Helsing, and Quincy, and Arthur Holmwood, but he is now Lord Godalming, which is just one of the weirdest character name changes, Um, because he he had like a relative that died, and he inherited the, the lordship or something, so now he's... Lord Holm- Holmwood or something, um, but I'm just going to keep on calling him Arthur. Sure. Uh, so, those boys, um, like I said, they're on this journey to destroy the rest of the boxes of Transylvanian soil. And, you know, you might think that, they buy, that they're like uh, setting them on fire or just hitting them with hatchets, but they... Um, just break them open and put a communion wafer in each box ah. <laughs> to contaminate the soil. Um, because I guess if uh, Dracula would see that, you know, these things are very dangerous to him. So he'd be like, ah, if, if you were to see those. Um, so, 
Just a funny, funny little way to destroy the boxes, I think. Simple. Yep. And before the men proceed to the Count's estate in Piccadilly, um, Van Helsing seals Mina's room with wafers. Because once again, she is undergoing the transformation and maybe he just wants to block off contact with Dracula if he were to attempt to get to Mina again. And when he touches her forehead with the wafer, it burns her skin and leaves this bright red scar on her forehead. Ouch. Um, and Mina breaks down and she's like, you know, I just feel so unclean. Like, she's still herself throughout this process. Um, it's a slow and really horrifying process. You know, before Dracula, I thought it was almost an instant thing where people turn into vampires. But in this version... Um, it's a very long process and it's uh, terrifying and it hurts your family members. Yeah. So. And the men obtain keys to Dracula's other houses around the city, and Arthur and Quincy hurry off to sterilize, like, um, the 12 boxes that are stored in London, while Harker, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Harker and Van Helsing leave to do the same thing, but they're doing this in Piccadilly. Piccadilly. Um, just once again, a fun word and good pizza. It is good. A fun. I think they're oh, found yes, in gas stations. I think. How could um, I forget? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, um, this town was named after the pizza. Um, it's where pizza was founded. Um, and so once they reach Piccadilly, the men only find eight boxes. Ooh. One more is actually missing. So they're like, all right, um, that's not good. Uh, Dracula has bamboozled us. This isn't one of those things where you can be like, well, you know, we got most of them, so we'll probably be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not like uh, you can destroy the majority. It's just like, oh, man, this is probably the one that Dracula keeps by his bed uh, bed or nightstand like yeah. <laughs> while he sleeps, <laughs> even though the box would be, like, huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is his old reliable. Um, so Mina, she sends a message that Dracula has, has actually left Carfax, and... The men anticipate that he will soon arrive at Piccadilly um, to, you know, protect his property, the boxes that they just destroyed. And so the men are just chilling there, and Dracula arrives. I bet. it's daytime. Before we get to it, honestly, I just gotta say, I bet, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting that after hundreds or whatever of years of terrorizing people finally kind of have maybe not the upper hand on Dracula, but they at least know where to hit him where it hurts, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Dracula, he's um from kind of like this medieval you know, he's stuck in his old ways. He's stuck in medieval Europe while London is going through this huge transformation. Um, but Dracula, he does find a way. You know, every time he does find a way, he's very cunning. Um, he is. And he's been able to uh, infiltrate London, which is a pretty big feat. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely met his match here. So, uh, these boys, led by Dr. Van Helsing, uh, they're going to deal some damage. Oh, yeah. Yep. And while the men wait, uh, they're just hanging out at the residence in Piccadilly. Dracula does arrive. And it's daytime. However, um, the Count is, like, powerless. Like, that's, like, one thing that kind of threw me off, too, is, like, oh, vampires burn in the daylight. But actually, they just lose their powers. So they're just... Like a lot weaker, they can't use any of their tricks or magic, and so Jonathan, he is the one that's obviously been hurt the most by Dracula. 
um, had to go on that you know terrible trip Ooh. and spend a few months with him and he was terrorized um, and then to make matters even worse Dracula uh, has infected Mina so Jonathan hates this man at this point fair and yep and he channels that anger and he strikes at him with a knife and catches Dracula's coat so it slices through his coat and uh you know no blood falls out but gold and banknotes fall out as Dracula becomes very furious um he has this like very angry look on his face uh, but he can't do anything. So he snatches the gold <laughs> and uh, he jumps out the window. He's one, like, oh, you'll never catch me in my lucky charms. One, uh, of, <laughs> one of the notable things in Dracula's bedroom when Jonathan was in there earlier trying to figure a way out of the castle was a big old dusty pile of gold in the corner. So I don't know if mm-hmm. Dracula likes spending it so much, but he sure does like having it. Well, yeah, that that is one of his superpowers, you know. Um, Ability to save money. Yep, yep. Being a billionaire is, like, probably the equivalent of being a superhero. Um, You know, Jeff Bezos, he can do basically anything in this world. Maybe one day he'll fly up into space. Um, And so Dracula, you know, he's very... Yeah, he's greedy, but he uses this uh, financial advantage um, to buy multiple homes around London so he can hide his boxes and, you know, fulfill his plan to infect all of England uh, with vampirism. So, yeah, that is one of his, um, I guess you could say, powers is that, yeah, he has a lot of money saved up over the hundreds of years. That's a lot of compound interest. Yeah. He's had a bank account open with um, Vanguard for quite some time. Well, well, see, do you think that a lot of, like, housing companies take ancient gold coins for payment? Hmm. Ancient gold Transylvanian coins. Oh, I can't say I've ever seen one of these before. (laughs) Yeah, there must be, like, a London market exchange. Yeah, there you go. Well, there is a London market exchange, but... um, yeah, I'm not sure what the exchange rate would have been, but I mean, gold, you know, the gold standard still exists, I feel. So, um, yeah, I would say so. You know, like that's Transylvania, that's so foreign to England. Um, and I'm sure it has a lot of value. Ah. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say he's uh, doing pretty well in London right now. Dracula. He jumps out the window. They're all holding crosses, communion, wafers, whatever. And he's like, this is... I've met my match. And he jumps out. Um, And he mocks them while he's running out. And he says, your girls that you all love are mine already. And through them, you and others shall yet be mine. So... Uh, he really shows his motives here. He knows that um, if he infects partners, whatever, he can destroy um, a whole family. As we see with Lucy, everyone was pretty shooken up by that. And then with Mina, it's obviously driving Jonathan very crazy that um, Dracula has done this terrible, terrible deed. Oof. So... Yep. Um, but yeah, so Dracula, he also like just makes fun of them. He's like, ah, ha, ha, like I've been alive uh, for so long and you guys are so young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, not really. Like, these are very smart, a very capable group that's yes. uh, slowly backing him into a corner. And Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, too, is like, you're going to say all that stuff when you're running away. I mean, come on. That's like the that's like the bully, you know, yep. the playground bully. Like once you actually smack him back, he's like, "Oh, you're so stupid!" As yep. he's like running away from you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing that's happening here because he does disappear. They aren't able to find him, and uh, Van Helsing actually does think that with this 
level of taunts that uh, Dracula is doing. He's like, yeah, I think we uh, got him a little frightened. Because um, he, he, think about it, he only has one box that he can uh, stay in until he gets, um, unless he's in Transylvania. So, um, yeah, he's in a very hard place right now. And the, the gang has, uh, they've done it, you know? They've, uh, they're slowly driving him out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so there is only one box left uh, that is a resting place for Dracula. And now, um, so it's with Mina being uh, somewhat vampiric, you know, she's almost there, but not really. She's, she's still very conscious and is able to control um, what she says and a lot of stuff maybe not her sleep patterns but and her teeth but she's she's still mina uh (laughs) so van (laughs) um van helsing he starts to hypnotize mina in an attempt to like uh gain where dracula's location could be because they have like this uh, what what could you call it? This conscious connection, I guess you could say. Well, uh, Mina can kind of see what's going on with him, but Dracula pretty much has like a bird's eye view of like Mina's perspective. I think, and I guess it even kind of catches Dracula off guard too, because she has to specifically be hypnotized or whatever to be able to give the information over. So I guess that he just doesn't expect the connection he has with them to work the other way or something like that. You know, some of it's kind of weird or funky to explain, but basically all you got to know is he knows, or she knows where he is, kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's, you know, we'll see here shortly that she might hear the sea and they can just infer that oh dracula's on a boat right now yeah um but that's about it so um under the trance mina has this like i said this very terrible connection and like she's able to be with him and like hear where he's at maybe see a little bit and uh mina she's able to hear waves crashing and she believes that he has f- fled England completely and he is currently on a boat. So Jonathan, he's like, hmm, Dracula's very cunning. Maybe he's just like in his bathtub, like splashing around. Uh, um, but, yeah. um, you know, this is actually a very good clue. And Mina, it, her like vampiric form is really starting to show um like her teeth are getting more sharp and she's becoming more sleepy and you know i'm sure the hypnotizing takes a toll on her as well this also kind of answers a question for what exactly happened in whatever part one or two um with the demeter the ship that you know, the crew members were being picked off one by one. They said that they had a bunch of boxes that they were carrying. I don't know. I can't remember if they didn't know what was in them or if they just knew it was dirt or whatever. But, yeah, Dracula was posting up in there by night and then creeping out in a fog form and whatever. You know, um, attacking people. And he's probably maybe not doing the same exact thing here, but we kind of get answers to something that happened like a thousand pages ago. How he, yep. how exactly he, you know, killed that whole crew one by one. Yeah, and it's it's pretty impressive, like um, how the gang has been able to track down his boxes through um, random shipping documents and word of mouth and yes. like newspaper articles and everything because they, they all determined. did come from that um, initial ship. Um, those boxes, so wow. Yep. Um, yeah, very impressed. Very good job. And so Van Helsing, he... Well, the whole gang, really. They find out that the Count has boarded a ship named the Tsarina Catherine, uh, which is bound for Varna, which is 
Uh, if we'll recall, just like the boat that we were talking about, uh, where the terrible things happened, this is where, this is the Russian port that Dracula actually departed from to go to uh, England. So he's going, you know, he's making the trips back home. He's, you know, he's very scared. He's very scared at this moment, and he is choosing to run back home like a like a little scaredy cat. Yeah, um, just go wait it out a hundred years. Yeah, now's not the time, you know. Now's not a good time for me. Uh, <laughs> it's all about timing. Um, I'll, I'll just need to wait until humanity keeps developing and, you know, we'll see where they are in 50 years. Um, Van Helsing, he delivers this very, very good speech where he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure like everyone is down to defeat Dracula, but this speech definitely puts like any doubts or um, <laughs> fears to shame because he's like, this is for humanity. Your humanity, you know, he tried to attack our Mina. He tried, he, well, he did attack her. <laughs> she's dead now. But we have to destroy him because otherwise the whole world will be. Uh, you know, set aflame by this terrible devil. Um, I wonder what, or I wonder why this is the time to strike for Dracula. Like, it almost makes it sound like he's going to be unleashing some sort of a plague or something. He's had a long time to do that, though. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure why he waited so long. Uh, maybe he had just. You know, he, he's a man of calculation, so maybe he had just enough money to buy the exact houses he wanted. Uh-huh. Maybe there was a housing crash um, in uh, London, and, and here, he decided to sweep in. This is the other thing that I'm thinking of here. I'm being brought back to Frankenstein once again. Um, towards the end of the book when, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who narrates the beginning part of that book. Robert Walton or something? Uh, yeah. When they're they keep, you know, furthering their um, journey into the north, into the Arctic or whatever, and it keeps getting more frozen in, and the crewmates ask if they can turn back, if they even get a chance to, and then Victor's like, "You're just gonna let some icy, grisly death hold you back from the potential, from the one percent <laughs> chance of escaping," and you know, um, that's what I'm thinking of right now. Anyway, uh, kind of a yeah. parallel. The the determination to oh know, yeah only um, one is coming from an actual good place and the other was coming from you know Frankenstein <laughs> he wasn't doing so good in his last few days yeah he was um you know it's good to be motivated and stuff and be ambitious but too much ambition um can be your downfall so oh. which you know you can kind of see with uh, Dracula here too so. Um, but yeah, he basically, Van Helsing sees that Dracula is a threat, you know, uh, he's basically started this epidemic in London and it could quickly spread if Dracula isn't defeated. So, uh, you know, just cut, cut the, uh, uh, what's the saying? Cut, cut the snake by the head or whatever. Cut the Um, head off of the snake. Uh, yeah, cut the head off the snake. There you go. Because, um, you know, if they keep on killing the the random Lucys around London, uh, they're just going to keep on popping up if Dracula is still around. But if they defeat Dracula, maybe, just maybe, uh, these people will be free. So he actually says that. He says, uh, we got to pledge to set the world free. And Van Helsing, he notes that... Um, there's this baptism of blood once again we have this christianity uh reference um and he's talking about mina like you know what happened with dracula like it was a baptism like and it's just really gross um and he insists that she shouldn't really come with or you know shouldn't be troubled with any other plans they have so um, and he also doesn't want any plans 
because uh, they're also connected on a conscious level, her and Dracula at this point, and he doesn't want their plan to be compromised since they aren't quite sure what Dracula can see. And the men make plans to intercept Dracula and Varna, and Mina, she says, like, I, I want to come with, uh... It, there's no point in me staying like I can be a huge help especially with my telepathic connection and this could really help out with the search because they're basically having to travel all across Eastern Europe um, to find Dracula before he gets back ooh yep so it's a you know Europe's big like I have not been to the farthest east I've been so far has been Berlin um, and that doesn't even touch, you know, of course there's East Berlin and West Berlin and stuff, but I, I didn't even touch like, uh, Eastern Germany yet so, or Eastern Europe. So yeah, it's a very far, um, Oh yeah. And, and Van Helsing's like, oh, okay, Mina, like you, you can come with, that's all right. And, uh, Jonathan Harker. They basically all depart to make the necessary travel arrangements. And before departing, Mina asks the group to pledge, um, you know, she's a vamp. Well, she could be become a vampire here soon. And she's like, you know, for the sake of the goodness of my soul, there's a lot of, you know, references to the the cleanliness of the soul and all that stuff because um right now it's tainted with vampirism yep and uh she's like you know you gotta destroy me if i transform into a vampire and she says think dear that there there have been times when brave men have killed their wives and their womankind to keep them from falling into the hands of the enemy. Oh. Quote. So, so she's saying this to Jonathan. She's like, think of all those times those good men have fought for their country and killed their wives. And it's just like, what? But this is really important because it really shows the um, patriarchy shining through with here. Um, it's once again establishing gender roles. And she's like, yeah, just think of all those times that uh, women have died because their husbands thought it was for a better good, basically. Yeah. Um, and the, the men, surprisingly, they don't really have much um, objections. They're just like, yeah, Mina, if you become a vampire, I'm going to slice your head off. <laughs> like, it, no issue. <laughs> they um, are... All, they basically all agree that yeah when Mina transforms we're gonna kill that lady um because she's a little too twisted um and on October 12th they board the Orient Express which I, I didn't know was a thing I just thought it was a movie um uh-uh. uh that came out a couple of years ago and they make their way to Varna where Van Helsing is about to board the Sarina Catherine immediately after its arrival in port. So he's just hanging out, waiting for Dracula to arrive. As the days pass, Mina grows uh, a lot more weaker, just like Lucy. Um, She's going through a lot here, and the toll of becoming a vampire isn't that fun. So, yeah, it's a long process. Yeah, a lot of teeth sharpening and blood drinking. And, um, just, yeah, being pale and ghastly for days. Yep, yep. Just not a good time, would not recommend. So, and after more than a week of waiting in Varna, the band receives you know a good message that dracula's ship has been bypassed uh it has bypassed the town of varna and has docked in the port of galatz instead so Hmm. yeah instead of showing up at this port that they are very certain they'll arrive or he'll arrive at um dracula somehow 
uh, has been able to deceive them, whether it be through Mina or what. So, um, yeah, he's heading to another city, and once they're about to board this train to Galatz, Van Helsing suggests that, yeah, it probably was Mina's subconscious connection to Dracula, which, you know, enabled him to learn about this ambush. So, um, Van Helsing's like, you know, he's got one final destination, and that's gonna be his big old castle in Transylvania. So, um, he's also like, the Count is dangerously overconfident at this point, and he probably thinks that they've given up just because he's like deceived them once. <laughs> so. yep. he was like oh when they see that the ship never turns up then they'll completely lose hope and hopefully jonathan doesn't remember you know the whole journey to get to my big old castle or whatever the one that's out in the middle of nowhere that you know he has complete directions to but no 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 if they didn't see the, or they're just gonna be there for the next six months waiting for that boat <laughs> yeah, it'd be so funny if like the they're like two twin port cities like right next to each other, and they're just chilling on the port, and they see the boat, and it clearly has like Sarina Catherine on it, yep. and they just see it like dock at like a mile away. Uh, <laughs> oh, there he is! All right, let's go. Uh, let's just go to the next dock. Yeah, uh, no big deal. But yep, like like I said, at this point, Dracula. And his overconfidence is um, very high at this moment. He's, I don't think he's really met his match yet. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see this go down. And so Dr. Seward, he is actually on the train as well from Varna to Galatz. And he notes that um, Mina's trances, like these, every time she's like hypnotized, it's just not working as well as she's becoming more vampiric. Um, but they do give some hints. Um, so like, like I said, she's hearing water again, and the gang knows that Dracula remains somewhere close to the water, and they're very, uh, you know, they they hope they can reach Galatz before the box is unloaded, but they are too late. Ooh. And uh, so the ship has already arrived, and, you know, Dracula and the box are gone. And the captain of this boat informs them that a businessman named Emanuel Hildes- Hildesheim... Um, picked up the box and passed it on to a trader named Petrov Skinsky. Um, very, very fun name there, I think, Skinsky. But, Skinsky. Um, yep, and, uh, but it's soon revealed that his body is found in a graveyard with his throat torn out. So, I wonder who did that. Yep. Yep. Um, and after Mina... In this, like investigates um, she's on Google Maps she's like looking at the different routes that Dracula can take here to his castle they decide to split up and go across all these possible routes so Mina and Van Helsing they take a train Arthur and Jonathan Harker uh, go by steamboat and Seward and Morris are traveling across the country on horseback. A little bit of everything. Um, yep, and they still got a ways to go, because, I mean, I think they're at, like, the northern, like, uh, northern side of Europe, because they took the ocean route from England to somewhere in Russia, I believe. So they have to go all the way down to... Yeah, it's like Southeast Europe, so that's that's a long ways. Long ways by uh, horse. Ugh. So, yep. Um, and Van Helsing, he's, uh, you know, on a fast track to Dracula's castle because he's like, I gotta place these wafers all over. This will, uh, this will deter him. So the wafers don't underestimate the power of the wafers. Nope. That's for sure. 
Um, and during the journey up the river, Jonathan, they hear of this uh, large boat ahead of them and decide that this must be the boat that Dracula, Dracula used. And Seward, um, Dr. Seward and Quincy rush on with their horses while Mina records that she and Van Helsing have reached the town of uh, Veresti, uh, where they can take a horse and carriage the rest of the way. It's their only option. And this will actually be the same route that Jonathan took in the very beginning when he is departing for Dracula's castle. So Mina's going to see all the same sights that Jonathan did at the beginning of the book. All the way back in part one when we started off you know, reading Jonathan's diary about trying the different foods and hearing the, um, you know, foreign words for devil or demon, whatever that people kept saying when he was around. And then he got picked up by the mysterious stagecoach driver who just so happened to, you know, have Dracula's. He actually, uh, was Dracula. Yes. Yep. Um... Had all the same traits and stuff, but yeah, it's actually Dracula that picked him up in the carriage. Yep, Dracula's just pulling a bit of a quick one on him, because, you know, how how is he going to save any of that money if he's spending it all on stagecoachmen and people to make the beds? Because remember, he was doing that too. Yep, a very good host, you know. Honest. Bed, bed and breakfast, um, yeah, that's, that's the count right there, the best best-reviewed Airbnb host in all of Transylvania. Probably. Yep. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, they're on this path. They're entering Eastern Europe. They're getting into Romania here soon. And Van Helsing writes a letter to Dr. Seward, and he says that he and Mina have reached the Borgo Pass. And... They are on this trail towards the castle, and Van Helsing, he can no longer hypnotize Mina. Like, he is no longer to get, he can no longer receive any hints from her. Um, They just have to hope for the best here. And that night, you know, they're in vampire territory. Uh, Dracula can come, or maybe some of his uh, minions. So he encircles her with a ring of crumbled Holy Communion wafers. Um, it's just kind of like the ritual on SpongeBob with the uh, with the uh, sombrero upside down and the cheese plate and all that to ward off. What was that creature? Sea bear. Uh, the sea bear. Yep, it's just kind of like that, and you gotta do the little dance. Um. And so, luckily he does this because, remember those three very sexy vampires that were in the castle, the voluptuous women? Who could forget them? Yeah, yeah, very very hot. Um, They are surrounding uh, the gang. Uh, This is Van Helsing and Mina. They start to surround her. Um... And they try to tempt Van Helsing and Mina to come with them. Like, they're like, they call Mina sister. They're like, come sister, come sister. And like, and meanwhile, Van Helsing, he's holding out the cross and he's like, oh, don't mind if I do, you know, like, this is going to be a good time. But he's like, ah, nice try, ladies. And he's able to ward them off. And they literally frighten the horses to death so yeah but they do disappear because there's nothing they can do the wafers are there and they have their protection van helsing knows what he's doing yep yep i wish that was more and you know common uh culture you know like just what's known about dracula is that yeah the holy wafers is the way to get to him but we got the garlic and the steaks, which is pretty cool, and I guess is still faithful to the source material. So, yep. Um, 
And so Van Helsing, he, it's, it's like around the daytime, and Mina is obviously asleep because, uh, well, she's kind of nocturnal at this point, and she's she's safe. She's within the holy wafers, and he goes on foot, reaching the castle the next afternoon, and he goes inside, and he's actually able to find the tomb of the three female vampires and when he opens them he is like paralyzed by their beauty he's like oh my god they're so beautiful maybe i can um send them back to london you know that and they can be my wives and he's like under the spell and maybe about to kiss them or but not really and he's like ah dang it you beautiful women i must finish this job so he forces himself to you know do the rituals cut off their heads put a stake through their heart whatever and um you know when he does this the the women um return to their original state but they seem to kind of be at peace um and you know look more human before they are completely destroyed and Van Helsing very, very oh. grisly we've already seen yeah. it happen before but pretty intense stake through the yeah, heart ri- and you know stake through the heart isn't enough you also gotta decapitate them dang yeah the ritual is it's very violent yep yep but Just it gets like the job Lucy. done yep uh yep same, same thing with Lucy he has to do the same stuff so but then he realizes that he finds this, uh, there's this tomb that is just, oh my gosh, it's gotta be where the big boy sleeps. Uh, the big boy being Dracula, because this one is, quote, more lordly than all the rest and nobly proportioned. So it's this huge tomb and it's just very fancy and it's- the tomb is actually... It's the oh. king size bed equivalent of a tomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fits, it's fits got three. It's got the Tempur-Pedic mattress. Yep. Um, <laughs> the sleep number, ah. maybe. Uh, yeah, this thing. <laughs> it ain't your old spring spring mattress. That's for sure. Um, this thing is loaded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this thing is very nice, and as if it wasn't obvious, the tomb is inscribed with DRACULA. All <laughs> caps, remember the name. Oh. Yep. And <laughs> I just think it's so funny. You'd think there'd be this huge climatic, like, oh, I'm going to take an axe to this thing and destroy it, but once again, he just puts, like, two or three communion vapors oh. in there and it's just enough to uh, keep dracula from returning it's all you need yep it's just all go, you need just uh yeah put a wafer by the front door and put one on the pillow and it's like oh man i can never i can never sleep in that again man that was my favorite tomb <laughs> yeah it's like he gets back and he's just like oh no no (laughs) what else am i gonna do and that's like the end of the story (laughs) three crackers (laughs) yep (laughs) we got you now dracula (laughs) (laughs) oh man yep um and you know as he exits the castle he puts like one or two wafers in the front of the door and uh so dracula cannot enter the castle it's just like well, couldn't Dracula throw some rocks at it or something or get get one of his slaves to move it for him? But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here soon. So Mina and Van Helsing, they leave the area and travel east in hopes of meeting the other travelers because they're all taking different routes at this point and... There is a heavy snowfall and wolves are howling all around them. So it's a very, very interesting scenery here. Um, we go from London to Transylvania, which is, according to Stoker, like, you know, he made Transylvania out to be this uh, very wild place. 
Um, the people still fear vampires and all that. So it's a totally different setting, almost mystical and, and kind of scary. And the addition of the, you know, heavy snowfall. Yep. Yep. Just to add to the mood here, uh, the snowfall I'm sure makes travel a little bit harder, but, um, yeah, just very, very interesting setting. And at sunset, they see this um, very large cart on the road below them, and there's uh, gypsies, just kind of like what we saw before, um, that were visiting the castle in the beginning there with Jonathan. Yep. Um, uh, they were handling the boxes, right? Uh, in the very beginning there? They were filling them. And yep. loading them up, too, I think. Yep, so... Uh, Dracula obviously has um, some type of control over the gypsies. On this cart is a box of earth like that they've been destroying. So it's very obvious that um, this is most likely Dracula chilling in this in this box of earth and being driven around by the gypsies. So um, from a remote location, Mina and Van Helsing watch Seward. Uh, Dr. Seward, uh, Quincy, and Jonathan, and Arthur as they close in on the gypsies. So they, they've made it. They've all converged at this area. And with the run, the, with the, with the sun, it's, it's like rapidly sinking. Like obviously during the winter time, the, the days are getting shorter and everything. So uh, the men actually intercept the cart, and the gypsies, they're defending this cargo with their lives. And Jonathan and Quincy, they muster, like, uh, very incredible strength, and they're fighting their way very violently through these gypsies, and they actually force their way onto the cart. Um... I believe they actually say, like, halt! And they say it in such a way that, like, oh, the gypsies actually know what they're saying. Um, like, they don't really have to translate much. Um, and they know that they're being held hostage. So, Jonathan, he flips the box onto the ground. And Morris, throughout all the fighting, he's actually badly wounded. But... Together, they manage to pry open the lid. And meanwhile, Dr. Seward and Arthur are aiming their rifles at the gypsies uh, because obviously they want to finish the deed here. So, from her vantage point, they're just, you know, Mina and Van Helsing are chilling on this, like, you know, very scenic mountaintop, whatever. And like once the lid is opened, Mina can see Drake. Uh, Dra- I was about to say Drake. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they can see Drake's mean, uh, mean scowl here, um, and but nah. So they like Dracula. He's flung out of the box, whatever, and he has this very hateful expression on his face, and it weirdly takes this look onto Triumph as if like he can win this battle, but he's in the daylight. And at that moment, however, like we've said, Dracula is very overconfident at this point. Uh, but there's like nothing he can do. And uh, Jonathan, he is the first to attack. Like I said, he's been through so much and it's all because of Dracula. Yeah. And he goes straight for Dracula's throat. And even though uh, Quincy is very injured, he is able to plunge a knife right into the heart of Dracula. Oof. And Dracula dies. And as his body is, like, turning into dust, Mina notes in his face, like, um, quote, a look of peace, such as I never could have imagined might have rested there so um 
Yeah, that's a very interesting sentence that's like very easy to glaze over, but it's almost like, hmm, like if Dracula is dead, but he has this like look of peace as he's returned, you know, for like one or two seconds to his actual mortal self before he dies, it's just like, huh, I wonder what, uh, what kind of hardships he's gone through. Cause there, there is like some, uh, uh um signs of humanity with him but there's not much you know and well yeah you know this corruption of the soul almost seems to you know i guess on the surface it seems like eternal life and you know yada 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 blah 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 but there it clearly turns people into awful things you know like lucy was and mina is turning into this guy has just been doing it for so long but yeah there's still the two seconds of peace on his face because before he crumbles into dust, he does have, like, uh, well, you know, he's freed. Yep, yep. So, yeah, that's what I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, he has this. I'm sure, like, those hundreds of years, like you said, have, like, done unlimited amounts of corruption to him, so... Um, maybe it was nice to be human one last time before he, before he died, so... Just to, you know, die after all that, I would assume, in general. Just yep, exactly. Just being held uh, by some kind of parasite or whatever, and then you gotta leech off the innocent. That's what yep. he likes to do anyway. Yeah, but, you know, this man was not a good man, that's for sure. Nope. Yep, so... Yeah, very... Dracula doesn't even put up a fight. They just literally fling the box off and stab him. <laughs> and that's about it. Yep. Uh, Dracula doesn't put up a big fight. The gypsies, you know, that was a bit of a fight. Quincy does get injured. Ooh. Um, but yeah, that's basically all we get for the death of Dracula. However, it is not the end. Um, because... Even though Quincy is like, uh, you know, he's kind of having his last few words here and he's not having a good time. But before he dies, he actually is able to point out that the scar that was uh, left on Mina's forehead from the wafer has disappeared. So Mina no longer has her vampirism. Uh, It is fully cured. Because, you know, the head of the snake has been cut off. And uh, I'm sure anyone back in London that was suffering from Dracula, um, they are also revived. It's just unfortunate that our poor Lucy couldn't um, make it as well. Yeah. Yep, and so that is actually the end of the story of Dracula, but there is like a, like an afterword note by Jonathan, and so seven years later, after this big battle, Jonathan is writing about the present, and he lets us know that he and Mina have a son named Quincy, and both Seward and Homewood, Dr. Seward and Arthur are happily married so um and van helsing is actually there as well with one of the children on his knees whatever he's like we're i wait till you hear these stories about uh your great mother mina so uh just a very happy ending you could say um but it does also reveal that yeah it was jonathan that jonathan and mina that put all this stuff together so um very interesting and it just kind of kind of reminds me of harry potter because at the end you know um at the end of that harry you know he has some kids whatever and he names one of them like a bunch of names but they it's like dumbledore whatever and all snape severus and it's just it just kind of reminds me of that and uh, this book really showed me how much um, uh, modern storytelling has uh, taken from this novel. You know, I, I really think of it. I think there's a lot of 
uh, stuff that mirrors it in this, like the group of friends grouping together to destroy this like evil enemy and stuff and uh, just some of the horror elements as well. Um, like feasting on children and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the that that is the end of Dracula. Oof. Um, as may you know, maybe a bit anticlimactic uh, with the death there, but that is the end. And uh, yeah, that is that is all we got for Dracula. Yeah, I think that's all we need for Dracula. It's yeah. a it's a big book. It's pretty slow. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's interesting. It's one of the classics. Yeah, I'm glad I've read it. I know the story, I know the lore, the differences between uh, you know, pop pop culture, all that stuff, but um yeah, this one was kind of a kind of a toughie to get through, not yep. gonna lie. Um I did just finish it here recently. Um, but yeah, it's very dramatic. So I wouldn't be like, "Oh, Dracula, you need to read it because it's so intense and everything." Dracula is barely in the book. Uh, there's not too much of a. I guess the whole climax was them running back to get Dracula, but just for them to fling him out of a box and kill him. Um, and yeah, but it was very interesting. Very yeah. interesting read. It it really does pain me to say this, but this will be the final episode of the Bad Apple Book Club. Um, we're gonna do a review episode and like just a recap of the whole show. But this is the final episode. Um, uh, yeah, it's just over time that this did start out as a covid project um i had a lot of time back then uh but now it's not so much the case lucas and i are kind of working different schedules where we don't really overlap that well yeah for recording times that's why every episode has been a two weeks apart yep um it was more me that kind of wanted to be done. Uh, I brought it up to Lucas um, when I was back home. Um, yeah, it was not an easy decision, but at this point, you know, I am also doing school. I'm Europe is, you know, I'm able to travel now and I, I want to uh, enjoy my time here because I, I really don't know how much time I have left. Um, and I just didn't want to be doing that um because we we do put a lot of work into these episodes uh as far as reading and writing up everything but um yeah i just is getting to the point at least for me anyways that um i love recording but everything beyond recording the editing and writing up everything has been uh uh just getting more difficult as time goes on so um but yeah, nothing. Lucas and I still very Hate good each friends. Other. We'll, er, we'll, yeah. Oh yeah. My bad. Oh, shit. Jump the gun um, there. Yeah, uh, we've we've been friends for a very long time, and uh, we will continue to be friends. There are no uh, feuds. Um, it's just it's getting to the point where um, it's more work than it is fun. So. Um, any any words for you, Lucas, as we wrap up our final, like, official book episode? When part one of Dracula came out, that was the one-year anniversary of when we started this, and I think we only missed two or three weeks in that first year, so we were really, uh, really pounding them out, kinda, I don't know about you, but I feel like I didn't know what was, or what I was doing the entire way through, but I listened to most of the episodes and I edited a few myself and you know writing up the outlines like you were saying it's all fine and dandy but at the end of the day uh reading is more of a leisure activity even though you know I finished reading Dracula like a month or two ago um it is still kind of stressful to think like well I gotta finish this one if I'm sick of this book I guess I just can't put it down but we both had something to do out of it and we had some fun with it, and uh, honestly, one of the 
cooler parts, I think, was just having someone read the same exact book I was reading. Yeah, yeah, like, um, we just wanted to, we, we want to thank the audience, like, you know, um, you know, it, it was a small community, but, like, it was a very loving and kind community. There was, like, never once where, um, you know, we got any, like, uh, what would you call it? Like, maybe hate mail. Uh, everything was so positive, and it was awesome to see um, just people really enjoy what we're reading and maybe get a few laughs from the podcast. But, yeah, even to, like, read along with what we were covering was very interesting Yeah, uh, for, for people to do that. So, um, yeah, like, um, I, I don't think this will be the end of the book club uh, entirely. I think... Um, at least myself, like if I read a good book, I might uh, make a Instagram post about it. I'd, uh, we are on TikTok. I have made uh, like two TikToks uh, relating to books. Um, one that was like my top five Stephen King books, which I get a lot of interaction with. So that is fun. So I think I'll still run that. And Lucas might add some stuff too. Like I see random just like I mentioned in the beginning, like there was a town that was in uh, Frankenstein and I saw the sign for it. So like I posted it to the story. Like I still think I'm going to do that stuff. But um, yeah, as far as the podcast goes, um, just a lot of work, just a lot of work. But I have zero regret, zero regrets doing it. It's honestly one of the um, coolest things I've done. Um, I love creating content um even if i don't do it that often sometimes but um yeah this has been truly a pleasure lucas and i'm glad that uh when i hit you up uh during the initial lockdown that you uh agreed to do this with me so uh thank you thank you Thank you, and uh, to the audience, thank you for sticking through, and um, yeah, listening, it has meant so much to me um, that people would actually listen to what me and Lucas discuss uh, on a weekly basis, because um, yeah, we like we like uh, some of the quirky stuff, stuffs, you know, um, but yeah, um, As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Of course. You know, oh, yeah. I can always do nothing with it. <laughs>